0: do you guys do Easter baskets for like your kids or your, anybody that has like, young kids? You, as adults, do you do Easter baskets for yourself? You got yourself an Easter basket? Adult kids, Adult kids okay. I, uh, so we, we, we have little kids. We're doing Easter baskets. But I think back to some of my favorite Easter basket moments. Um, you know, I think maybe that growing up, we did them at least up, and my parents are here, Up at least up through like kids age. Like I remember fifth grade, it's maybe been the last Easter basket. I don't know. Fifth grade, I got the first Foo Fighters CD in my Easter basket. That was pretty sweet. That was a classic album. Self-titled? Yeah, it was really good. Um, you should check that. If you haven't heard of the Foo Fighters, you should check. Okay, great. Uh, but I've got for you today the top five items you want in your Easter basket this Easter 2023. You ready for this? Yeah? Now, item number five, the, the, the top five items you would want in your Easter basket as an adult in 2023 Taylor Swift tickets, come on, those things were expensive and they w- went fast, and even if you're not a fan, you could flip them. <laughs> if you're an enterprising individual, not a bad thing, not a bad asset to have. I would love to go to see Taylor. Uh, the next thing, number four, a map to the exact locations of the, where the sargassum bloom will be hitting Florida this summer. Have you heard about this thing? Am I saying the word right? Anybody else learned the word sargassum this week? for the first time, it's the seaweed that's hitting, that's like, and no one knows about this? I got a weather channel alert. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, this seems serious. Watch the whole video, send it to people. Change your plans, the seaweed's coming. Apparently it smells and it's bad for your breathing and it's gonna be everywhere. So if you've booked your va- vacation places for the summer, sorry, all right. <laughs> number, th- number three, Thing that uh, item you would want in your Easter basket this year a second chance at your March Madness bracket. <laughs> I'm trying to give some to everybody. We got the Taylor Swift people, we have the March Madness, and some there's a Venn diagram, they do come together. You might find yourself in both groups. Uh, number four, or number, number two, we're counting backwards, masters tickets for any day but yesterday. <laughs> if you were paying attention, they played golf for three minutes yesterday and then had to cancel, and so it's all been happening today. Who's up? Uh, of course. And then finally, the number one item you want in your Easter basket, this 2023 Easter, is the mittens you got for Christmas but never wore because it's been a little chilly today. That's my, (laughs) but here I am not wearing socks. I'm making Easter happen. Got my my white-ish suit on. People keep telling me uh, (laughs) it's giving white lotus is what people keep saying. And I'm going, (laughs) I don't get the reference. I pray before I watch TV, and the Spirit has not given me permission yet for that one, so. <laughs> we do have a baptism tank, and some of you guys, you might need to get back in. I don't know. Didn't take the first time. Hey, we have a sermon that we're going to get into. That's cool. We good? i going to take the temperature. Okay. All right. Um, it's, it's Resurrection Day. It is Easter, and we're going to be uh, continuing in the, the story we were reading Um, that that Caroline opened up in John 20. We're gonna continue in John 20, starting in verse 11. You can uh, turn in your Bible, or it'll be on the screen as well. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken... My Lord, away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, rabbinai, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. This is the word of the Lord for us today. I I was in Talladega a few years ago for a week. Anybody ever been? NASCAR? NASCAR? No, I was there to pr- speak at a youth conference, um, a youth camp. And, uh, and so, I, I, uh, you know, I'd never been to Talladega. I was staying to this place, and the first morning I knew, okay, i got to find some coffee. I need to get up find some decent coffee somewhere. I wasn't going to mess with the stuff at the place I was staying at. So I got on my Maps app, and I, like, searched coffee near me, routed to the – I found a place called Daily Grind Coffee. And I, I routed to it and drove over to Daily Grind Coffee. And I pulled into the parking lot, and I'm like, I don't see anything here. I see a vape shop. I see a CrossFit gym that used to be a vape shop. <laughs> I see a Domino's, a freestanding Domino's pizza in the middle of this parking lot, and that's it. I'm like, well, did they move? Did they close? What is this? You know, and so I called the number. There's a number on it, and I, uh, you know, call up, and, and a, a woman goes, "Hello," and uh, I said, "Hey, I'm looking for the Daily Grind uh, coffee shop, and I'm I'm here, and I'm not seeing, I don't see it." And she was like, well, "Where are you? Where are you, honey?" And I said, "I don't know. There's a vape shop. There's a Domino's. Did you guys move or something?" And she goes, "Oh, honey." We're in the Domino's. <laughs> I, look, I look closely, and sure enough, there's a, at the Domino's, there's a, on the windows, someone has painted Daily Grind Coffee on the windows of this Domino's, and she's like, you know, there's a story here. And so I go inside, and, uh, and, she, and so sure enough, it's a Domino's pizza with a coffee shop in half of it. And so the story is her husband owns the Domino's. And he's like, and she'd always had a dream of having a coffee shop. And he's like, no one comes here to, in here to eat. They just get their pizza and leave. And so they split the building in half. Half of it's a Domino's, half of it's a coffee shop. Same aesthetic throughout. <laughs> you're wondering, that works. And, uh, and so I, I went back every day. I got my, my Daily Grind coffee from Daily Grind Coffee Shop. And in, in the Domino's there in Talladega, hit them up if you're in town. Or if you're going to the vape shop, swing over to... Day the grind also. We're in this story, in this passage, where Mary sees Jesus, but she doesn't see him. She sees, she looks at him, but does not see him. And the, the message for us today, the big idea for us today, is God is, God is at work. Jesus is risen. God is present in your life. He is working in your life. I believe that. He is doing something in your life. And everyone that you know and everyone that you've ever known and everyone that you will ever know, God is actually at work in their life. That is a theological, like, tenet of this community. I I believe that, right? And we see that throughout, throughout the scriptures. The question is not, is God there or is God at work? The question is, do you see him? Are you aware of him? Are you awake to him? And so my prayer, our hope today, is that you would... In some way, become aware of, become awake to Jesus, the resurrected Jesus in your midst. Mary sees him and it says, she thought he was the gardener. Now this is, uh, if you've been with us, we've been in the Gospel of John for a while, for, since the beginning of last year. And this is one of John's kind of final flourishes, literary flourishes of throwing back to Genesis. Many would say that John, the Gospel of John could be titled, Second Genesis, he's alluding, especially to Genesis one, two, and three, throughout his gospel. Gen- John one says, in the beginning, in the beginning was the, the word, the word was with God, the word was God. Check, he's check, pulling testing. language from, from Genesis two, one. one two. In the beginning, God created, one, right? Two, three, four. And he says test, test, test. In, in John one, test. he says that the, the light, test. the life of all mankind, the one who created everything came to that which he made And the world did not recognize him. Didn't recognize him. And here Mary is, a woman who's walked with him. Uh, Other gospel writers say that, refer to her as someone who Jesus had cast seven demons out of. She's someone who'd been delivered, deeply ministered to by Jesus. She knew who he was. She wasn't just some bystander not knowing this Jesus. She, she, She knew him. She saw him. She saw the gardener. And she didn't realize, she didn't recognize who he was. That Jesus shows up, and John, it's no accident by John, that Jesus shows up looking like a gardener. He's picking back up the original vocation lost by humanity in Genesis chapter three. That God, this is the story of the scriptures. In like 10 seconds, you ready? God created everything, it was good, created people, it was very good, people messed up reality entered into a cursed state where the, the, the this is more than 10 seconds, the, the creation, God created, right, but, he, but it wasn't done becoming. He was done creating, then he handed over the reins to humanity to cultivate what he created. So there's this vocation given to humanity. Humanity messes it up, and the chaos, the, the chaos of the raw matter of creation Becomes more chaotic. And the, the work, the labor that Adam was given to tend the soil became, was given a friction. So now it was, it was gonna involve thorns and thistles rather than the, the natural momentum of blossoming and blooming and harvest. And Jesus shows back up and is resurrected. And he's picking back up the work of tending the good chaotic creation of God. So Jesus is gardening in your life today. He's gardening in the world today. The question is, do you recognize him? Not do you know all the stuff you're supposed to believe, or can you recite the story, or any of that stuff. Can you see Jesus? He's dirty. He's got soil stains on his knees. He's got dirt under his fingernails. He's sweating at work in the material of your life, the very real stuff of your life, the messed up stuff, the broken stuff, the sinful places, the places where you failed, the places where people have failed you, the places where you're disappointed, the places where you won't actually tell anybody how you, what you're actually thinking or how you're actually feeling about whatever, the, the relationships that just don't seem like they're gonna work, the place in your work life that you're going, Ah, oh, man, I just don't know if I can take another day of this. The place where you lose your cool Jesus is there, gardening in your life. I've got a couple quotes for you. This uh, first one, G.K. Chesterton, is one that we've read for years here at Grace Midtown around this passage. I love it. It's a great quote for Easter and speaks directly to this passage. On the third day, the friends of Christ coming at daybreak to the place found the, empty, found the grave empty and the stone rolled away. In varying ways, they realized the new wonder, but even they hardly realized that the world had died in the night. What they were looking at was the first day of a new creation, with a new heaven and a new earth, and in a semblance of the gardener, God walked again in the garden in the cool, not of the evening, but of the dawn. Chesterton is commentating on the the story of Scripture and saying, saying, it's not just that Jesus was resurrected, but like the old reality was dead, and a new reality was born in that day, and we have the privilege of living thousands of years later, actually in, it, in that new reality, and it's unfolding before us, can we see it? <clears throat> Are we living it? Are we receiving it from the good gardener, Jesus, as he works in the chaos of our life and our world? Got another quote from N.T. Wright. If you want to be a, a renowned theologian, you can't have a first name. You only get two letters. Mary's intuitive guess, he, he's talking about this passage too. Mary's intuitive guess that he must be the gardener was wrong at one level and right, deeply right at another. This is the new creation. Jesus is the beginning of it. Remember Pilate, Pontius Pilate, when Jesus is being condemned. Here's the man. Here he is, the new Adam, the gardener, charged with bringing the chaos of God's creation into new order, into flower, into fruitfulness. He has come to uproot the thorns and thistles and replace them with blossoms and harvests. As we stand there and listen, overhearing Mary's conversation, a typical sequence for John of people getting the wrong idea, let your pain and the pain of the people you're with speak itself to Jesus, whether or not they know who he is. You with me? You guys know all this stuff already. You're like, yeah, of course, there's the new creation. Is that hand, Rob? We we got it. We're here. I was just reading Chesterton the other day, and I believe his ideas are elementary but accurate. I I live all the time in the reality of the garden. In the garden, I mean. I'll stop with it. I'm sorry. I mean, you, maybe maybe you've got maybe you know it. Maybe you've you know you believe it. But are you? Is this like? Are you experiencing the new life of Jesus in your life all the time? Experiencing it, probably not. I'm not. I have all kinds of moments where I'm frustrated or stressed out or I'm in traffic. My daughter punched me in the face this week. She's three and a half. (laughs) And if you don't think that a 28-pound person can hurt you with their fists, you're wrong. She can hurt your your body and your feelings, okay? (laughs) This... Really, this is not a message for the one who's just looking for confirmation that your theology is right. It's a message for the person who's going, yeah, I mean, I believe or I don't believe or I, you know, see God in my life or I don't. But if I'm honest, like, things have been really hard. Life gets tragic sometimes. Or at least it gets, we become overwhelmed with the common. Right, We become overwhelmed with the, just the, the schedule and the kind of feel like you're just kind of keeping everything at bay and holding it together and you just kind of keep going, keep going, keep going. Where's Jesus? Kneeling in the garden of your life and inviting you to partake in, participate in a new kind of life. The uh, title of this message is "The Season of Singing," and and this language comes from uh, the Song of Solomon. I want to read a passage from Song of Solomon that I, I personally just really felt like God was saying this passage to this church in this season. If you've never read Song of Songs, Song of Solomon, you should read it. Buckle up! There's, you know, just buckle up. Uh, this is not a sermon about Song of Songs, so I'm not going to tell you a bunch of stuff about it. But it's this conversation between the lover and the beloved. It's this intimate conversation, and. Uh, The passage we have begins with, listen, my beloved, look, here he comes, leaping across the mountains, bounding over the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Look, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, peering through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, arise, my darling, my beautiful one, come with me. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. This is the invitation of Jesus to us today. This is a a prophetic picture spoken to Israel uh, as they waited for the long winter to pass and not even realizing that the spring that is being spoken of is Jesus coming in and inaugurating a, a, the, the new covenant, that they're not under the oppression of the law anymore, but that, that the covenant of grace is at hand and new creation is, is coming in. And it's a picture of winter passing and spring arriving. And, and so it's, it's like in human history, there's a thing that God, is, God has done and is doing that that passage speaks to. And it's also, it's a message to you, to me, And I I really do believe that that this is a message that is meant to be spoken prophetically to this church today. When I say prophetically, I just mean that I and some of our team have just felt like God is saying this to us. At Grace Midtown, to you personally, if you are a part of this church, if you're not a part of this church, if you're popping in or tuning in online, I believe God is saying this. Hey, the winter, the winter that you've been surviving is coming to a close. And a season of spring is coming, and it's a season of song, it's a season of singing. And the amazing thing about seasons is they always come. They always happen. Spring has never there's never been a year that it just that winter just didn't end. If it might feel like that sometimes. But spring always eventually arrives. No matter how long the winter. Same with the morning. No matter how long the night may feel, the morning always comes. It it always actually comes. Literally and in our lives, figuratively, if you feel like you've been in a long, dark night, the temptation is to believe that it will always stay that way. That's where despair comes from. Despair is the belief that things will always stay what they are. They'll never change. And, and actually, just in the world, the reality creation as God has said it, things are always changing. There is a rhythm. Things will always change. And so even, there's just a message of, this is not even just like, this is not even the gospel of Jesus at this point. This is just good news for, for living human beings and it's that nothing stays the way it is, right? For better and for worse. So if you're, in, if you're in the days that will actually be the golden days when you look back on them, become present to that because it won't last, right? You might look back on this season of your life and go, oh, I, missed, I, I, I missed that. And maybe I missed some of it because I was so busy or stressed. But also if you feel like you're in a season that where the pain or the disappointment or the frustration or whatever will never end, it will end. This too shall pass in both directions, right? You with me? That's just, this is just true for, in life, right? But then Jesus is speaking this word of, of really things are changing, and I'm, I'm bringing them about right now. I felt this la- last night. We had a weird night last night, literally a long, weird night. We uh, started off great, started off really great. The kids, we, so Kirby and I, we have a three and a half year old and a one and a half year old, and they, uh, so sleeping in our house is not a given. It's not, I make no assumptions about what sleep will look like. I'm at peace with it. I never get upset about it or worked up or frustrated. Kirby does, and I'm always like, hey, but you got to just get a little more, live open-handed. Because I'm way more enlightened than she is. You, you, I mean, I've been told sometimes that my sarcasm is lost on people, so that's sarcasm. All right. Last night, though, these kids, they went down at like 8, and it was awesome. And so we were in bed by 9.30, and we're going, this is going to be the best Easter ever. We're going to get so much sleep because we are going to be here early. We're like, this is great. We're going to be rested. I'm going to come in and be like, it's going to be awesome. And then, then I couldn't. I actually couldn't fall asleep, and then Waverly, our youngest, woke up, and then she was awake till like 2.30. Um so that was different than we thought, and uh, I'm just, I, I don't feel it right now though because I think of the adrenaline and the coffee. So it'll hit me like two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but around so that was already happening. And sometime in that window, I got a text message saying, "Hey, someone broke into the church tonight and stole both keyboards off the stage. <laughs> right? So the keyboards that goes there and they're gone. And Daniel and Noah came up here to meet with the cops and and handle things, and, uh, and so it was like, okay, all right, we're already awake, what needs to happen? And it was a weird moment, it, when we finally got back in the bed, Kirby was like, first I was like, oh, no, is Easter canceled? <laughs> like, <laughs> sorry, come back next year. <laughs> it was kind of that, like, the Grinch moment, like, the, the, like, the Grinch thinks he can steal Christmas by taking all the stuff of Easter, but actually, the stuff isn't what makes it Easter. Now, let me resolve this for you. Uh, a a quick Insta story and a few text messages, and literally the same type, exact models of keyboards that were stolen were, were secured for the morning and dropped off and have been used today. So, nice try, Devil. Try the guitars next year. All right. It's Easter, but you know, it's not the songs that make it Easter, it's not the flowers, and also Kirby and Jasmine were up here all day yesterday making the flowers look awesome. I know, they're so great. And uh, and she was like, "I just know they're going to be like smashed or trampled or something when we get in here, and that would that would be really sad." But it's like, you know what? The flowers don't make it Easter, the songs don't make it Easter, the music doesn't. The building could burn down. That's not what makes it Easter, right? Jesus is resurrected. Jesus is risen. But we were in we were in it. We were in the dark night. We were in the long night. But I had a moment. I had a moment in the middle of the night, around 2 a.m. It was probably 2:30 because Waverly was asleep finally, and um, we were laying on the floor. (laughs) Herbie and I were like, we, just had, we were like, let's just pray for a minute. And um, I was like, okay, I see you now. I see the gardener now, finally. I think I needed this moment. Because I will say, in my experience, I have found that when, when God is doing a really important thing, about to, do, to move in a really special way, those are the moments when the greatest resistance comes leading up to it. And it took me a minute to finally wake up and go, I think I see, I think I see. God, what do you want to do tomorrow? What do you want to say? Who do you want to speak to? How do you want to move? We can, I had the message, I had the, I'd done the work, but God, what do, you, what do you want to do in people's lives? And I think we can have all the right ideas and have all the right pieces together. But we need that wake up moment. I woke up then, if I'm honest. Been a rough week actually leading up to um, this weekend. And here we are, and I, I Jesus, I see you. Um, it takes something special and it takes something different for each person in the story to become awake to God. For Mary, she sees Jesus thinks he's the gardener doesn't recognize him and her moment comes it says when Jesus says to her Mary he speaks her name and then her eyes are opened he speaks her name and she says rabbi teacher and runs to him maybe someone here today yeah you believe all the stuff you you know think the right things, whatever. The pieces are there, but you need Jesus. You need to hear Jesus speak your name today. For Thomas, fast forward later into the passage, and he hasn't seen Jesus resurrected yet, and he says, he says I'm gonna need to see the nail marks in his hands. I'm, I'm gonna need to, says in, in uh, 20, John 20, verse 25, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And then Jesus shows up and he says, he says, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand, put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And I just want to say there might be someone here and you you might need a little more than most people in order to give yourself to this thing. And that's actually Okay. Because you know what Jesus does for Thomas? He gives him what he needs. Thomas says, unless I see, unless I touch, I can't. And Jesus says, come here. And for you, there might be someone here and I want you to know Jesus is coming to you and saying I want you to put your hand on my side and feel for yourself, experience for yourself. Jesus shows up with his wounds and lets you experience them, and he comes and meets you in your place of wounding as well. And, and he doesn't, yeah, he says, hey, stop doubting, but he actually, he doesn't say, you know what, Thomas, because you doubted, you don't get it. You don't, you don't get to receive. He says, no, here you go. Here you go. For Peter, later on, he needed the opportunity to, after betraying Jesus three times, to three times be able to say, I love you, I still love you, you know I love you. He needed to know he was fully, and thoroughly forgiven. Maybe there's somebody here, and Peter, in his shame. Maybe there's someone in your shame. You need to know that you know that you know that Jesus sees you and that you're okay. And that he's enough. And that his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy is enough. The people walking to Emmaus, it's when Jesus breaks the bread that they see them, they, their eyes are opened, and they say, oh, didn't our hearts burn within us? I felt it, I felt something, but I just couldn't see it. I've been thinking for the past, like, 24 hours about this song by the band The Killers. You ever heard of them? Yeah, yeah it like, they're named the biggest rock band of the 21st century, so check them out if you haven't. Kind of like the Foo Fighters, like, yeah, yeah I've heard of them. Great. Um, this song called Rut, uh, and the lyrics of the first verse are this? Can't keep my mind off of every little wrong. I see the mouths are open, but I can't hear the song. And I just think about like, man, are you here? And you can see, you see everybody singing. You see, you see the everybody's mouths are open, but the, but you can't hear the music. You you you're you're hearing the story. You're hearing the scriptures. You're hearing all of that, but you're not. Just like, I'm just not I don't feel it. I want to, but it's like there's a it's like I'm looking through a window or something, you know. I I feel detached, disconnected from this thing that's happening. And and I just think that Jesus is saying this the season of singing, this, it's time to hear the song. It's time to it's time you get to feel it now. Um I uh I know to know or know of two young people who were followers of Jesus who each individually took their lives recently for the past couple weeks. Um, found out about these individuals separately. Um, but my, I've just been so heartbroken thinking about this and, and just, there's so, much, so many layers and so many things that contribute to a, a person finding themselves where they're at and all, of, have, we can't even get into all of that right now. But I am so deeply aware we, we need to hear Jesus speak our name. You need to hear Jesus speak your name. We need to be able to put our hand in his side. We need to, I need to, to have him hand me the bread and the wine. It's not, just, it's not just that I would know the story, that I would believe the stuff. I need, I need to hear his voice and hear his words and hear what he is saying to me. So I wonder where you find yourself in this story. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Are you like Mary? <sighs> she's in grief. She's She can't see outside of the pain she's feeling, and that's okay. Grief is a real thing, and it's it's a... Fine place to be if it's where you're at. She needed Jesus to speak to her, though. Thomas is in his rational mind, and that's good and fine. But he needed Jesus to to come to him in that way. Peter is in his shame and his guilt and running from it. And he needed Jesus to come restore him and restore the relationship. I'm going to invite you to stand with us. I wonder where you find yourself today. Or maybe you're here and, and the season of singing is meant to speak to you today where you have just been, you've been getting by. You've been surviving. Winter is about survival, right? You just kind of huddle up and make it through. And God is saying that that dream that I put in your heart all those years ago, it's finally time for that thing to blossom that word I spoke to you all those years ago, it's finally time for that to bear fruit. That that hope that died, it died, actually. I want to resurrect that thing. And I want you to have the courage to let yourself hope again. Hope is a scary thing. It's embarrassing you ever felt that embarrassed to get your hopes up you kind of don't want to tell anybody about the thing you're hoping for because what if what if you get caught what if you get exposed for being someone who got their hopes up and then you were just looked like a fool Jesus says you be brave enough to hope in something again hope for something let me bring life to that place. So I want to do this. We're going to respond with a song, um, but can we just do this? with? Can everyone around the room, can you just close your eyes right where you're at? And I just want to ask, if you're here today and you recognize, I, th- I think Jesus is speaking to me and calling to me in a way that maybe I I haven't experienced before, and maybe for the first time today, you want to actually respond to that and give yourself to him. Maybe you're the person who's, you've, you've been rational and you've been, you're not the kind of person to kind of be like, be a radical anything, but there's the invitation to give yourself to this Jesus as he's placing your hand on his side. Where, maybe wherever you find yourself in this area, if you're here and you would say, I, I, wanna, I wanna respond and say yes to Jesus for the first time today. Would you just raise your hand up? Everybody's got their eyes closed, but I would love to see you. i to raise your hand. I see you. Is there anybody else? I see you. I see you. I just would love for you to be seen. Maybe just a, a few more minutes. I'm facing this direction now. If there's anybody who would say, I, I, wanna, I wanna say yes to Jesus in a new way. Today. And give myself to him. Would you raise your hand up? And if there's anyone here today and you would just say, Man, I, I if I'm honest, I've been struggling. I've been having a hard time. And maybe some people know about it, or maybe no one knows about it. But I'm here. And I, I want to hear the song. I haven't been able to hear it. And you just wanna you just wanna say that, let that be known. Would you just would you raise your hand up today too? And I see you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Jesus, you see us, you know us right where we're at, is the perfect place to be to meet you and receive from you today. So would you speak to us, move in us. Let us commune with you, let us partake in the bread and the wine of your life, your real life, your new life. Let us hear you calling us, my darling, my beautiful one, come away with me, you and me, you and me. A real relationship, a real intimate connection a real adventure, a life, a life that's filled with a new hope and a new passion. We have uh, communion stations all around the room, some in front of you, some behind you. This one is gluten-free right here. See where I'm pointing, if you, if that's you. Um, we also have ministry team that's going to be back against this wall. If you'd like to receive prayer today, for any reason, whether you raised your hand for something or not, our ministry team would love to pray for you, we're going to respond in song, and then we're going to do baptisms in a few minutes as well, right? And so, um, we have people who know they're getting baptized, but maybe you're here and you would say, I want to, I I have never publicly responded to the thing God's done in my life, and I want to do that, I want to take that step today, Uh, and we have everything you need if you'd like to get baptized here today uh, in just a minute. But first, we're going to, and if that's you, you can come over to this corner of the room And one of our pastors can talk to you over here. Uh, And so we're going to respond in song before we do that. Amen.